Welcome to On Culture. On this podcast, we talk about culture and faith and the world and our place in it. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support our work and explore all of our content on our website, theembassy.substack.com. Here's Mike. And we're back for another episode of On Culture. On Culture is the podcast of the Embassy. You can find it at theembassy.substack.com. I am joined by Chris Bantz, pastor at New City Church in St. Charles. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me uh, early this morning. And uh, we're going to talk about the environment and care for the environment. Um, I start out the piece with um, some extreme actions taken, uh, like gluing oneself to works of art and such. Um, just, uh, I want to throw that out. Like, what do you, what's your thoughts on caring for the environment and what we tend to do as a society or as a culture and under that comes under the umbrella of caring for the environment, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think you see some like extreme, you know, protests um, that are around. And I also think you just have a lot of ordinary people, right, that are just trying to, you know, do the best with the little things they can on a daily or weekly basis with recycling or what have you. Um, You know, I I do think there is sometimes this sensationalized kind of like, the world is ending tomorrow mentality, but then you mm-hmm. also find the mentality of, um, oh, you know, maybe God will just take care of it or we're going to be in the new heavens anyway. So it doesn't really matter. We'll just kind of fly away to glory. Um, and so you find people kind of all over the spectrum, but sometimes I, I, do, I do think a lot of people, including myself, have an anxiety of, um, you know, am I personally doing enough or what should I be doing? Um, and is what I'm doing, like really making a difference or, um, you know, just with the massive use from, you know, the clothing industry to, to just everything we Mm -hmm. use as consumers. Yeah. So there's a lot there. I want to, um, kind of dive into a couple, couple pieces of it, um, and probably get to the rest as we go along. Uh, you know, we talk about, yeah, what do we do for the environment or what, Let's start even earlier. What should we do uh, or what are we obligated to do or what is faithfulness with regard to the environment look like? Uh, what should it look like? Um, you mentioned this notion that um, is this sort of uh, particular flavor of Christian notion that it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's all going to get ruined anyway. And then God's going to bring us a new one. So we don't have to care about, uh, we don't have to care about the environment because we don't have a faithfulness, you know, requirement. Um, yeah, judgment's going to come, you know, God's going to ruin everything and and bring us a new one. So we're good. Um, so why don't you, Mm -hmm. can you speak to that? Uh, I don't know that, you know, Christians would say it that plainly, but there's certainly a there's certainly a flavor of that or at least a strain of that, that I run into that obviously you yeah. run into. Can you speak to that? Yeah. So I think the tension lies in that 
as Christians, we have a fundamental belief that God is not going to allow the human race uh, to go extinct prior to the second coming of Jesus. Um, and so we have a confidence that um, not only is the environment God given us incredibly, you know, resilient, and it seems like one in a trillion or whatever the odds are of all of these things working in simpatico together. Um, so we have a confidence in that. And, and maybe sometimes that is an overconfidence in that, yes, the Lord isn't going to let us go extinct, but things could get a lot worse. And I do think there is somewhat of an ethical imperative in there that whatever we think of climate change of whatever the timeline is and however bad it's going to get, I think early studies have shown pretty clearly that it's going to affect people in the world um, that, you know, socioeconomically are higher at risk than people that are much more stable or like in the 1% of the world. And so I think there is a, a tension in that, like, yeah, God's not going to let us go extinct. And at the same time, if we're going to love our neighbor as ourselves, um, it seems like these changes to agrarian lifestyles and climate patterns and all that is going to affect the least of these. And we need to be aware of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that even if uh, we don't exactly know or not exactly sure of the impact or how the impact will play out. And because I do think there's a sense in which that's true. Uh, many climate predictions have come and gone. Uh, but generally speaking, we, we can see a general direction of uh, what you're saying mm -hmm. to be true. I mean, typically bad things impact poor people more. I mean, that's, you know, that's sort of the mm -hmm. universal rule of, of everything. People with money and resources are able to cope more with it than anything, a pandemic or uh, the environment or, you know, economic downfall or whatever. Um, but mm -hmm. the same, I, I also think that, in a one, however one um, understands that question or the practicalities of that question, I think there is an, a prior, uh, I think, a call to faithfulness that the creation is God's and we are called to steward it in some way, a call that's never mm -hmm. superseded. Um, and like, we don't own it. It's not ours. It's his. We are stewards of many things, but that's one of them. And what does that mean? Uh, and, you know, I, it's fair not to know exactly what that means. Of course, we don't exactly know what faithfulness looks like in lots of areas. But I think it's a good question that all of us, whatever our political uh, leanings or understandings of various political issues, including in the environment as a political issue, that question still remains, um, you know, the idea that we, I don't have to worry about it. It's all going to get ruined and God's going to uh, replace it is just, I think, I think we think theologically false. You know, he calls us to steward the environment and that doesn't change. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what do we do with that question? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't pretend to be a linguist by any stretch of the imagination, but I think when you look at like words like dominion and you find that humanity is given dominion over the rest of the creation. Sometimes we imagine the extreme of 
domination to say mm-hmm. that like we are because we are uniquely image bearers and we are in, in many ways the the gem of creation then we're just allowed to dominate all the things around us yeah and that word actually um if i remember correctly has very little to do with domination and much more for care and stewardship and, and actually bringing out the full potentiality of the environment around you as a sub creator. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do think it is theological uh, and even faithful neglect. Like I don't think after the fall, the call, the steward, the creation and all that's in it goes away. I think that remains after the fall in Genesis three. And so, yeah, we, I, I think we've got some neglect if we think, okay, we're just going to dominate and use up, to whatever extreme we can, because in the new heavens and the new earth, God just kind of throws the old earth right. in the bin and gives us a new one. Okay. And I would even argue, if you look at the entire redemptive arc of not just humanity, but all of creation that we see in the Bible, God doesn't have a pattern of just throwing away things. He's actually in like the restoration and redemptive mm-hmm. work business. Right. I mean, he does that with us, right? He doesn't just throw us away and get some better ones. He works at redeeming us. And I think the same could be, I, I think the same is true of creation. Like, I think that's consistent with what we see yeah. in scripture. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I think it's compelling that the call, the, the original call to work, to work the garden and care for it, it comes pre-fall that, you know, sub- uh, you know, uh, being a steward of being a representative of God in his creation to take care of his creation is not something that's necessitated by the fall. It's something that God starts, you know, it raises the question of the new, in the new heavens and the new earth, will be, will we be doing the same sort of thing? Uh, and that if that's the mm-hmm. case, it would seem very odd not, not to, not to be doing it now or not to have a thought of doing it now. Um, and yet, uh, you know, as, as, you know, I point out in the, the Pew study that I, uh, you know, reference, uh, points out that there is a, um, an anti-environmentalist, perhaps not anti-environment, but an anti-environmentalist, uh, leaning, uh, in a lot of the church, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, I think that, I do think there's a, I think there's a couple things going on. I, I, you know, I wonder what you think about them that I think um, there's a first sort of, um, I think there's a trend for us, all of us to, we can't know about everything. We can't be experts on every political issue. And so we, we look around and take our cues from whoever we think our team is. Um, and does our team like it? Well, then I like it. Is our team against it? Well, then I'm against it. Uh, and I think that, and it could be, you know, whether that's economic issues, whether that's, you know, the role of government in our society, whether that's the environment, whether that's all sorts of things, that it that trend there, I think, is on the one hand, understandable because we can't, we can't know everything. On the other hand, it's a, it's a bit of a cop out. And then, um, it, it, it puts me 
it, it uh, you know, it's groupthink in a sense. I'm, I'm lending my decision-making to other people and that I'm, I'm sort of, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm just throwing up my hands in a sense that the other, side, want to other ha- side, I'm, I have this certainty that my group provides that we are the good people. They're the bad people. And so whatever they say about a particular issue is obviously wrong. And whatever we say about a particular issue is obviously right. And I think that plays into this issue as well. So we were talking about it and we had a little technical difficulty and we're back. So we're talking about taking our political positions from or borrowing them in a sense or borrowing opposition to other political positions from our, what we view as our people and we're identifying with them by opposing what they oppose and supporting what they support. Uh, And so what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think whether it's a politician or an influencer or um, any kind of academic that's within our tribe or camp, I think if they're saying it, we're much more likely prone to believe it. And so sometimes I think there's going to be reasonable solutions provided from different places. But if that person's not in your camp or tribe, I think you're less likely to believe them. And I think some of the environmental stuff is just polarized to the fact that it's not even necessarily the solution or the issue being raised that's really disagreed with. It's really that whoever's around it or associated with it for, for either side, right? It's that's just right. Yeah. maybe not to be trusted or there's an added yeah. skepticism there. Yeah, I don't want to be with those people. Yeah, I don't want to be mm-hmm. with those people. I want to be with our people. And I, I do think that's, you know, one of the difficulties of political issues being uh, addressed you know, from the pulpit or by the church is that they don't always line up. A, we're, we're, they're more uncertain. Uh, and so we need to be open to more than one pathway, perhaps more than one policy towards some solution. And they don't always line up with some sort of theological test uh, necessarily. So, you know, we, we used to believe certain things about the environment. Now we believe certain other things. Uh, that's not necessarily a theological question. The theological question is you know what is faithfulness to our uh, you know to our call to be stewards of of the God's creation look like, and I think we have to be um, you know we can't farm out that responsibility necessarily to people that we want to align with and or not align with I think as well, um, and I think there's a sense in which that can there's almost a moral dimension to it like with a good people think this way and the bad people think that way and then once i've labeled you as the bad people then it almost seems immoral uh it seems like some betrayal of a moral you know standard not Mm -hmm. just of my own people right Uh, and when we set ourselves up like that we sort of um give ourselves permission to turn our brain off and to kind of move at a much more instinctual, like middle school lunch table level, mm-hmm. which probably is not super helpful. Yeah. And I think in our context, a lot of times it falls along the lines of, oh, are you trying to take my liberties and my freedoms away from me? Or, oh, you, you know, you hate and you're apathetic and you don't care about the environment. And, you know, both of those are essentially mm-hmm. getting to a place of 
shame or you're less than or you're less intelligent or um yeah all sorts of nasty stuff yeah and i think that's a temptation of you know uh i think part of the gluing yourself to works of art is look at me i really care for the environment Mm -hmm. um and that's not super that's not helping i don't think that's helping the environment Uh, i'm just gonna throw that out there uh you know, so, and, and I do think that, you know, we, and, uh, you know, now we're talking about political approaches to, to solutions, uh, not just the environment, but I think I need to be open to um, evaluating, you know, political solutions um, independently and not be so um, identitarian, I think. Uh, in order to be faithful to my call to care for others or to care for the environment or whatever it might be. Uh, and that obviously goes both ways. It goes whatever side of the, of the issue that you're on for, for anything. Um, and I do think that I'm, I'm of a certain age that uh, the environment wasn't as clean in many ways when I was a kid as it is now. You know, there's some famous, if you can look, you know, Google Lake Erie on fire. You know, there was a lot of, we dumped chemicals, you know, left, right, center, you know, we pumped stuff into the sky, you know, and, uh, you know, so I do think we have learned a lot. And I do think that, um, you know, the call to steward uh, our creation um, has borne much good fruit. Um, I think that we're just skeptical of going against our side and whatever, whatever that might look like. and so then we're kind of left back to circling back to, so then what, what do we do? <laughs> you know, and uh, I don't expect you to have a definitive answer, but what is it? How do we think about it? How should we think about it? What are some thoughts about us collectively as a church and then us individually? What is this, what does this call look like? Yeah. So a couple of things. I mean, I, I think we first, you know, you, you need to reclaim some bedrock or theology of us being called and then it also being a form of neighbor love, but also, uh, and people might not jump to this one right off the bat, but it's also a great opportunity for evangelism because if we have this shared common interest and we have a particular belief that, a lot of people who care about the environment don't. And we can say, okay, this stuff's not just random and to be valued because it sustains life, but it's actually also to be valued because it's created and there's a unique relationship there. I I think there's something to be regained there. And then I think individually, right? Like a lot of us, um, you know, this might sound cliche, but we can take a little bit of a Nehemiah approach to say, okay, if the environmental thing's a really big problem, I'm not going to solve it overnight. Like gluing myself to a painting isn't going to make everyone instantly start using like paper or noodle straws instead of plastic. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But like, what's the wall yeah. in front of me and can I care for the local environment around me in whatever city or state or country I live in? Um, and is that a form of neighbor love? And also is it a form of connection maybe to unbelievers in my city or my area and do they see me value in the environment in a unique way and that it's not just 
you know, okay, yeah, it's the same size. Yeah, it's pretty. But also this is the deeply intrinsically like created thing that we're to value. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if that's, if, if we're coming from a place, as you said, of, you know, we're called to care for God's creation, we're called to maintain and promote its beauty. Uh, we're also called to care for one another. Uh, and this is part of that. And that's a balanced call, of course, because there are some uh, environmental solutions or uh, put uh, solutions put forth in order to do something for the environment that, that also might harm, uh, you know, agriculture mm-hmm. and therefore harm hungry people. And so there's no simple necessary way forward. But if I, if we have a stance, uh, we want to care for the environment and care for one another and appreciate the beauty of the environment. All of that is positive. I mean, there's no, there's not a lot of bad arguments against, against those things. Uh, and that allows us to then, uh, have conversation, stand on common ground. You know, one of the things I talk about a lot is, you know, what, where's the common ground we can stand on and from there move forward. And the whole dynamic we were talking about earlier is an attempt to eliminate common ground and, and to, you know, squeeze it out and say, there can be no column common ground between me and those are evil people over there. And that's just not true. You know, that we're, we're all fallen people. Um, and you know, we do have a common interest in this world that we live in. And so what can we share and how can we move forward is a positive message for people of faith. Uh, and you know, we're, who knows where that leads. Um, but in terms of environment and in terms of relationships with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that, um, that's something, it's not some huge, uh, systemic thing I'm, I'm called to solve. It is my personal and our collective small scale collective stance in the world, uh, that once again, can be very influential and, and persuasive uh, to people. And I think that applies to lots of issues, really, that we may or may not be wrong about or partly wrong about or partly right about or whatever. It's, you know, how do we, uh, what is our stance in the world? How can we share a commonality? How can we, what can we agree on rather than what can we disagree on? All of those things are sort of, there's a lot of cultural momentum against that and not a lot of cultural momentum against what if that is something we're called to as a church that we probably should think about how that's how that momentum is influencing us uh negatively probably right Mm -hmm. yeah because i do think there is a i do think there's a healthy christian posture we can have of to say okay maybe the sky isn't literally falling right Um, Because a lot of these changes are incremental and they're not always linear and they happen over long periods of time. And so Mm -hmm. we don't have to be crippled in fear. And yet at the same time, you know, I think about, um, you know, I think about Paul saying, do we sin more so that grace abounds more? Well, I I feel that's almost a little bit could be a mantra for the environment and to say, yes, the Lord will sustain us and he will sustain humanity. He's not going to turn a blind eye to us, but also we don't want to go out of our way just to abuse the environment or harm the creatures in it. Like we're supposed to steward them. And so maybe we shouldn't take good grips, you know, the good gifts for, for granted. 
Yeah, that's probably a good place to land it. I think that we do, I think us Americans do tend to have a stance of if we can't fix the problem, then what's the use? Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's too big, so I can't fix it. And that's not really our call. Our call is to be faithful and to trust, uh, you know, to trust God for ultimate redemption, but to participate in that redemption as well. Our redemption, my redemption of you and others, uh, of institutions, of the environment, of whatever. Uh, and I think, you know, that's what we're called to is faithfulness to that. And it's easy for us Americans to say, well, what's the, what's the use? There's nothing I can do. I'm, you know, uh, which, you, you know, my individual influence may not be huge, but the, my faithfulness is significant, uh, if for no other reason than God calls me to it. And, uh, you know, that's, I'm responsible for what he calls me to, not necessarily for the outcome of all things, mm-hmm. which is difficult. I think for us, because we like to be in charge. Yeah. Um, and so let's, uh, we're coming to the end of our time. And uh, um, I do think I want to, um, you know, maybe give you a chance to, to land it in terms of like, what, how do you think about your, your, your younger mm-hmm. in one sense. And I do think younger people think about uh, the environment in a different way. Yeah. Uh, and perhaps have more anxiety about the environment mm-hmm. in general. Uh, on the other hand, you know, I have children and grandchildren uh, that I, it's not for me to not care because whatever, I'm not going to be around, you know, whatever, when all this happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what is an emotional, you know, your sort of a, emotional state as a result, as it, as it pertains to the environment or any of these huge issues that seem unsolvable. Yeah. So as you know, um, I love hiking and I love rock climbing and I love being outdoors. And so I do have an emotional investment to the environment. Like I believe that the, the natural order in the environment is something that the Lord uses to stir our affections for him. And there's just, an abundance of beauty in nature. And so my emotional investment is I don't want to, you know, as best I can, I don't want to spoil or pervert or to, you know, destroy this beautiful thing, this beautiful gift that we've been given. And so I, I emotionally don't have the panic that others have of, man, if we don't get this solved in five years, like the, it's just all going to end. And and yet at the same time, it's like, okay, there, there's some very reasonable solutions that I think we could be moving forward with that, you know, sometimes it is frustrating because the polarization of everything prevents Mm -hmm. those from happening. Um, But as someone who spends a lot of time in nature, I think it's pretty great. And I think we should, you Mm -hmm. know, be doing our best to preserve that. But, I think I feel like a lot of people though, in the same sense of um, sometimes I have the lingering, man, am am I really doing enough? Like, okay, yeah, I I recycle when I can and I'm not doing anything like explicitly atrocious. Um, But I also, you know, don't have solar panels on my house and, you know, I, I drive a gas car and, you know, so there's a lot of things that linger in that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a good, I mean, I think it's being open to 
you know, appreciate nature and yet to hold things as, uh, you know, God will, you know, we're still dependent on God for, for the outcome of many things, but our faithfulness doesn't matter. And just being open and about what's a, what's the best way forward is I think, is, is I think all we can do, um, while we love one another, while we remain in community, um, you know, while we care for one another as well. Um, so let's land it there. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Uh, thanks for joining me this morning. And um, hopefully this stirs some thoughts or discussions uh, about, you know, what we perhaps don't talk about very much in the church. Uh, and so hopefully it'll do that. Uh, so with that, have a great week, everyone. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening. Do you enjoy On Culture? You can support us and the content produced by subscribing to our newsletter, The Embassy, by visiting theembassy.substack.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.